Praise God. God is good? Amen. How many of you had a great year? Good year. You know, um, I, I, something will come over in the message in terms of some of the things that you've been standing for and it's not manifested yet. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. God is good. His character doesn't change despite our circumstances. His character doesn't change despite our circumstances. So the ones who did not have a great year have hope. <laughs> uh, time is not run out. You are still here on the earth. <clears throat> you are here for a reason. Nothing is an accident. So we'll have a quick message, quick word, but just want to encourage you. But, I, but God has put something in my heart today, and, and I think you will really enjoy it. Okay? December 2011. Christmas. How is this Christmas going to be different from any other Christmas? And what does this Christmas mean to all of us? The title of the message is A Season to Believe. A Season to Believe the Promise. Season to Believe the Promise. And God is telling one thing, and I can tell right away. The call to believe remains unchanged. Doesn't change. It was the same for the first family from generations and the call to believe remains unchanged and is not changed this Christmas. Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace, O oh Father. Father, we thank you for your children who have come here and gathered here to celebrate your birth, to celebrate our children, celebrate our families. Master, speak to us, O oh Master, because you have a right now word for our life team and I pray that you will speak to us because no gathering of your children is wasted for the Spirit of God. For every one word is enough to change us and to give us a glimpse on the hope and the glory that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to walk out from here with greater hope than we came in here. Lord, with broken hearts, but we live healed. With defeats, but we live victorious. Because Jesus, you are on the right hand of God. And if you are at the right hand of God, we too are seated with you, O Master. And no power of the enemy can destroy us or discourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The call to believe remains unchanged. The call to believe remains unchanged. The whole gospel, the whole Christmas started with what? <laughs> I should not start by a message by asking a question, but hey, it's a life team. We don't care, right? We can... The whole Christmas story starts off with what? Yeah? With Jesus. That's a generic word. The whole Christmas story starts off with what? Promise. Starts off with? A promise. With a promise. What promise? We knew the promise, but the Christmas story itself. Where would you start the Christmas story starter? I know it, it, there was a promise in the word of God and you know, the whole of Old Testament. But where did it start in the New Testament? Maybe. Oh, that helps you now. Okay. In the New Testament, the Christmas story started where? Genealogy. Genealogy? No. <laughs> That's no. <laughs> I didn't say where Matthew started. I'm saying where the Christmas story started. How did the whole event started running? Now, we had the promise. Jesus had to come into the world. Everything had to happen. But something had to start. Where did it start? Okay, the angel? Gabriel coming to? Wrong. Elizabeth, wrong. Joseph, wrong. Go back, go back. John? Huh? John. John. Zechariah. The story started with Zechariah. All of promises, all of God's promises. Okay, I don't know how to start this. Let's put it this way. Everyone was waiting for Christmas. If you can ponder over it. Everyone was waiting for Christmas. The angels were waiting for Christmas. The prophets were waiting for Christmas. Abraham was waiting for Christmas. Noah was waiting for Christmas. Rachel was waiting for Christmas. Moses was waiting for Christmas. Isaiah was waiting for Christmas. Everyone was waiting for Christmas. But Christmas would not start until 
someone had to act. Who was that someone? Who was that someone? Okay, let's simplify it and let's go back to the passage. Luke chapter 1. How many of you will agree that Luke is an orderly account of everything that happened? One of the best accounts in the Bible of the, of the events of the Bible. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 and see what happened. Luke chapter 1. We, are, we have to rush, okay? So, you'll have to follow quickly. Luke chapter 1. Now that we are out there, let's see what was the thing that set in motion the events leading to Christmas. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, his wife also was the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord, blameless. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren and was well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest, not the high priest, just one of the priests, before God, in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, when the lot fell for him to burn incense, when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. That started Christmas. Now here is God. He has to get his son into the world, right? He needs to do it. But now his, his only choice is he sends Gabriel and says, Gabriel, go to Zechariah and tell him this. Now Gabriel, now, now this is fiction. God, will he believe? And what if he doesn't believe? Will all that these ages prophets have been waiting for, will it now stop? Because if this man doesn't believe what I'm going to tell. Correct? God could not do it without him being a participant in belief. And he says, go and tell him what? Tell him what? What did the angel say? And the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear came on. Why was Zechariah afraid of an angel in the place of the incense? If you see an angel at the place of your incense, it means you've blown something big time. You're either going to be taken out. He's afraid that he's messed up. Something that he had, he had some guile in his heart. Because the only reason, a lot of people who died were burning incense. Do you know in the Old Testament somebody died burning incense? There was somebody who, who some, a king. Who was the king? Uzziah, if I'm not mistaken, who wanted the uh, offer the incense, but he went in and he offered the incense and he was struck with leprosy. He said, any, and they were careful. They, there was a, this was a God who was to be fearful of. It was not a God that they could have a one-to-one -one relationship with. That was not the God that they were serving. There was a God who was far off. So when the angel appeared, great fear came on him. And then what is the first response to him? Angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. We have always heard of Zechariah as a man who? Doubted. Who? Doubted. Who doubted, correct? <coughs> what do you think this guy was praying for? Now tell me, a man, does he have faith to pray for his son at an old age? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Did he have faith? Yes. No? Why? Why? Why, George? Okay, but here the Bible says that the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. So he's saying, saying, I have come with good news to tell you that your prayers have been heard. So what was Zechariah praying for? His wife will have a son. Now tell me this man doesn't have faith. He's got faith. He knows that he's old. His wife is old. But he's got faith enough to pray. Let me tell you brothers and sisters. Nothing starts unless you have faith. Not even Christmas starts until a man is ready to say, I can believe 
that I can have a son if I pray. He had faith. And he went before the incense of God in the very presence of God. This is the temple in Jerusalem. He went in and prayed for a son. And God sent an angel, started Christmas. Christmas starts in your life when you manifest belief and faith. Let me write it down. Christmas starts in your life with faith. It's never too late to believe. It's the season to believe. It doesn't start everywhere. Now, now that you realize that it was faith that, and belief that started Christmas, see how much. Now Gabriel is on a roll. This man, we think that he's believing. But now look at the story. And now Gabriel says, and now he makes a statement. Now he makes a foolish statement. He says, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Now interesting, correct? Here is a man who has faith enough to pray. But here is a man who does not have faith enough to receive. Now are you in that state in your life as a believer? You have a lot of faith to pray. But you do not have faith to believe that you receive. Like suppose God, does, angel appears, shows up tonight at your door and says, Anil, whatever you pray, whatever you prayed that day, you received it. And he was like, Lord, are you sure? Because that was a dilemma that Gabriel has. Man, this guy is praying for a son and I'm coming from the very presence of God and telling you that your son is granted and now he says, how, how would I know that I have a son? And, and now angels don't understand dichotomy. They just understand one thing. You believe or you don't. So he said, lest you don't screw up. I should not use the word screw up. Lest you don't mess up with the plan of God, just, just shut up. <laughs> you know? Hold thy peace is a glorified way of King James saying, shut up. <laughs> so he told uh, Zechariah, just shut up. And you will speak after you what you want. You will only believe after you see, right? So you will speak after you see. But the purpose of God was not stop. Why? Because this man still had faith. You see, God will not move without faith. You mean he would have waited for a different Zechariah from a different generation till... A man would come with faith. Abraham had faith, started the plan of God. Zechariah had faith, started the plan of the birth of Christ. So Zechariah started, the faith of Zechariah started the bold rolling, the beginning of the gospel. In fact, Mark starts the gospel by saying, this is the beginning of the gospel, the voice crying out in the wilderness. John was the gospel. Started with the Christmas story, started with John. John came because of Zechariah, because he had faith. Faith, willing. Are you willing to pray for the impossible? Many of you say that I am. But let me ask you a different question. Are you willing to believe that you can receive the impossible? Many, many say I cannot. Because we are so, we are so used to seeing in the natural. I mean, I was telling you the other day. I'm saying last couple of weeks back, God, incredible revelation from the word of God about Jesus made a statement. You remember this passage and I will take it about in a different message. You need to go back and read it. He's talking about, unless you eat, the, eat my blood, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. And many of his disciples were offended. Remember that story? And then Jesus makes a statement. He says, let me tell you something. Flesh profits nothing. That's the word. Flesh profits nothing. It's spirit that gives life. My words are spirit and they are life. So what is he saying in simple things? Is, Whatever you depend on your flesh, what you want to see does not profit. <coughs> It's the words that I speak that will profit. Now, I want you to just go back and meditate. I don't have the time to expound today. Flesh profits nothing. You have to believe the word of God. Everything else will arrange itself. But flesh profits nothing. You cannot say, I want to see and then believe. Doesn't work in the kingdom of God. You might as well as be an unbeliever. Doesn't work. Flesh does not profit. You have to believe my words. Now, there you go. Luke chapter 1. Now the ball is rolling. Man who operates by faith, receives the word, believes it, starts rolling. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary, remember Gabriel appears to Mary now. And now, if God is going to get a baby into Mary's womb, why does he have to send the angel to tell her about it? Actually, it created more turmoil in her heart. Correct? More turmoil in her heart, creating all this unbelief and fear and all that. But Mary's response was, and Mary asked a very similar question. And many of you will say that, didn't Mary ask the same question that Zechariah asked? Really no. Go back and check the words. 
Zechariah asked, how shall I know it? Mary asked, how can this be since I do not know a man? There are differences to it. Zechariah knew that it was possible, but he wanted to see it happen. Mary said, is it even possible? But then Gabriel explained to him, yes, the Holy Spirit can do this to it. What is Mary's response? Be, let it for, and Gabriel, uh, Gabriel told him, with God, nothing is impossible. And God was telling me the other day. I mean, uh, the Holy Spirit was impressing on me during this time when, that, when, I, when God was telling about pre, prof, the word, its words that prophet is saying. Go back and count and throughout the scripture how many times I have told men that with God, nothing is impossible. Go back and check. He said it to Job. He said it to uh, Abraham. He said it to... Huh? No, these exact words. With God, nothing is impossible. He said, and you go, that's a homework. Just go back and see how many times has God said, nothing is impossible for me. I can... In fact, Jesus said, in the Garden of Gethsemane, at the point of the most pain in his life, one of his most pain, he said... With God, Father, Abba, Father, with you, all things are possible. That means you can even cancel this plan of redemption and create something else. Because I know that is possible. Now that is impossible in a sense of all that we know. But Jesus has so much faith in his Father. He says, even that is possible. That is possible. I know you, Lord. I know you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Okay. And then what is Mary's response? Verse 38, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What was the response of the angel after that? What was the response of the angel to Mary's confession? No, nothing. Gabriel left. Because there is nothing more to tell a, tell a man or woman who has faith. Because once you receive by faith, it is going to happen. There is no more need of doctrine and theology and encouragement. Nothing. This woman said, Gabriel kept waiting to hear those magic words. Because if Mary would have said nothing and had doubt, God would have to wait for a different Mary. Mary had to operate in faith and cause the seed to come. If, so again you say, flesh, prophets, nothing. You had to believe the words. You had to believe that. So Mary believed and then what uh, the spirit of God came into Elizabeth when Elizabeth met Mary and then what did he say? Verse 45 and you can write it down such bold letters and mark it in your Bible. He says and for us as believers this is such a powerful thing. Verse 45 uh, Luke chapter 1 Blessed is she who believes for there will be a fulfillment of those things that have been told to her. Those things that will happen to you in your life only when you first believe. You cannot expect to see it happen and then believe. No, 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 no. First you believe, then there will be a fulfillment of those things. Therefore you are blessed. Mary was blessed not because she was the mother of Jesus. Mary was blessed because she believed the word of God. Blessed because she believed. Blessed because believed. And you can be blessed because you believe. Now Gabriel is on a roll. He's got Zechariah who's believed. He's got Mary who's believed. Now he needs all the pieces in place for the Christmas story. Then he goes to the shepherds of all the people that he has to reveal the gospel he goes to shepherds why do you think he didn't go to the Pharisees or the kings or Herod or anybody why did he not go to them why is he going to the shepherds they believed let's go, go to Luke chapter 2 verse 11 and the, the angel came and told for, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And what was the shepherd's response? Verse 15. And when the angels had gone up from them into heaven, the, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem to see whether the Savior is born. Is that what he said? No. Read the word. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. Read the word. The shepherds are saying, no, 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 let us not. They are not going to Bethlehem to check out whether what the angels said are true or not. You see, they are saying, let us go and see the baby that 
has already gone. Now, how did they know that the baby was born? They didn't see it. And for all the places in Bethlehem, because the angel told one more thing to the, uh, the shepherds. He said, this is a sign that you will know that it is a baby. It is a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a feeding trough. That word manger is the word feeding trough. So what? Now it's a problem here, right? Here is the king of the world that the whole Jews are waiting. He will be the most powerful man that will help them overcome all their enemies. And they are thinking Romans, correct? This is because, and this is the promise that has come to the Jews because they have been scattered all over the world from the Babylonian captivity, correct? And they are still being gathered. They are still scattered. They are still being gathered. And God has promised all this that this Messiah who will come will not have a kingdom in Israel and this kingdom will never pass. So they are thinking for that Messiah. Now the angels, the, the shepherds get this word saying that this Messiah that God, the prophets have prophesied is born in Bethlehem. And the shepherds know Bethlehem because they are all expecting the baby to be born in Bethlehem. Because they know from prophecy. But now there is a dichotomy. The, the, the word is that you will find a babe who is wrapped in a swaddling clothes and lying in a feeding trough. Now that doesn't make sense. So I got the word of God, but it doesn't match up with what I expect in my flesh to where a king should be born. But did they believe? They did. So they went looking for places where a feeding trough in a manger would be. And they found. So they did not go by what their flesh understanding of the promises they went by what the word was. So now Gabriel is on a roll. They got three elements who is now receiving by faith. So they are not going to check him out. They are going to, they believed that it's already happened. And they went, they saw, and they greatly marveled. In fact, they went and shared it with others. None of the others went to see the baby. Because verse 18 says, And those who heard it marveled at those things that those were told by the shepherds. Oh, wow, that's a nice story. <laughs> That's really wow, that's powerful. But, but verse 19, but Mary kept all these things in her heart. Not, not very exciting because, because she's, she's also struggling with this whole thing. I have the word, I believe it, but it doesn't look like it. I mean, how can this be the Messiah? But I just say, I believe it, but I don't know how it is. You will face this battle throughout your, as a believing life. The word comes, but the flesh doesn't match up. And remember Jesus' word, flesh, prophets, nothing. Don't go by what your flesh feels. Now, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Simeon, remember there's a man in Jerusalem. God has promised him that he will not die until he sees the consolation of Israel, that is the Messiah. Now he is old, correct? He, he, no, did he give up? He didn't. He believed God's word. Luke chapter 2 verse 25. And behold there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was waiting. Say waiting. Waiting. And it was revealed to him that the whole, by the Holy Spirit that he will not see death before he had seen the Christ. So he, would, he doesn't care of any disease that's come. Because he says, I have not seen the Messiah. I'm not going to die. Hey, that is one secret to long, long, long life. What God has promised, if it does not come to happen in your life, nothing can take you out, if you believe. Nothing can take you out. I'm going to be old, I'm going to live long, because God has promised that this, 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 this. And I, that is not happened, therefore, I don't fear my future. I don't fear my future. In fact, Peter used that example. Remember, Peter was put into prison, and he slept. The angel had to wake him up to break open the prison doors. Why did Peter sleep? When you are old, they because Jesus had told them, when they are when you are old, they will lead you. So Jesus, for Peter knew he doesn't know a lot of scripture, but he knows one thing: I am getting old, and I am young right now, and I am in prison, so I am be out of here. So let me see. If you have the promises of God in your life, you can hold on to it, and you can wage warfare. And Simeon came and saw this baby in the arms of Mary, and said, "What? Now I am departing." I can now go to sleep. I can, I can die. For my eyes have seen the salvation. What did Simeon see? What did Simeon see? He saw the word. But what did he actually see? Did he see a royal king? 
Did you see a Messiah in all his glory? Did he see the power of the Messiah that was promised to Israel? He saw a crying baby. But yet, he believed it, that this was the Messiah. What do you need to believe in your life? Simon was happy with a baby that was of no help to him, correct? He was about to die. But for him, that baby was enough. What, what do you need in your life to believe? A baby was enough for Simon. How much more for us? For the ones who believe, even little is much. For ones who believe. For Nathaniel, just the fact that Jesus said that you was, I saw you under the tree was enough for him to confess that you are the Son of God. But for the Pharisees, they wanted Jesus to come down from the cross physically and then they would believe. And then there was no guarantee that they would believe. For the ones of faith, little is much. Luke chapter 2 verse 36. Anna the prophetess, she was old and widow of many years, 85 years old. Anna was 84 years old. She was waiting for the Messiah and she saw the baby and she believed that it was the baby. Anna believed. The first one is the call to believe has not changed. God still expects you to believe in your life. Second is believing followed by obedience always precedes fulfillment. Now you say, Anil, I believe about for so many things in my life. It's not happened. Then you need to check the second thing. Are you obeying in faith with respect to what you believe? Now, a classic case is Joseph. The word came to Joseph, take Mary as your wife, even though she has a baby. Did Joseph obey? Because Joseph obeyed, the prophecy was fulfilled that a virgin shall have a baby. Because the, the, the Bible says Mary, Joseph did not knew Mary till Jesus was born. For You know what that means, right? Because he was obedient to the word of God that Mary had to stay a virgin. Because he believed the prophecy that Mary was continues to remain a virgin was fulfilled. He obeyed. Matthew chapter 2 verse 14. The angel came in the, in the dream and told to Joseph. Now he is only seeing dreams. He is not seeing physical angels. Joseph only saw dreams. But he believed the angel. The angel came and said, take him now to Egypt. And because of that, Joseph believed. So what prophecy was fulfilled? Out of Egypt, I've called my son. He believed, he acted, therefore the prophecy was fulfilled. Then the wise men, did they obey the voice of the angel? What did they do? They refused to go to Herod and say where the baby was in Bethlehem and they took a different route. So therefore what happened? A prophecy was fulfilled saying that Rachel shall grieve for his children but the baby, the Messiah would not be harmed because the wise men believed. Look at the people in the Christmas story. How many people are acting by faith? Now these, the Magi were Persian wise men from the same kingdom like Daniel was. In fact, Daniel was called the chief of Magi. So he was a Magi, Daniel. So they are from Babylon. They came all the way. They are not believers, but they are believers in a sense. They believe the voice of God then. Then uh, Matthew chapter 2 verse 22. Then when uh, the call came in, uh, he saw again the angel in a vision, in, in a dream in Egypt. And he said, now go back because Herod is dead. Go back. She goes back to yeah. Israel. But when he gets to Israel, he suddenly realizes that Herod's son is still alive. So the voice, the, vo the word of God comes to him and says, do not go to Bethlehem, but go to Nazareth. Did he obey? Therefore, what prophecy was fulfilled? He shall be called a Nazareth. He shall be called a Nazareth. So prophecy, believing followed by obedience will always fulfill prophecy in your life. But if you do not believe and if you don't act on it, it's no necessary that the prophecies will be fulfilled. And let me rush this. And uh, this is interesting. In Christmas, 
I said right before we started the message, everyone is waiting for Christmas. Everyone. And there's a passage in the Bible in Romans, where, uh, in Hebrews actually. How many of you have heard this, promise, uh, this verse that Paul said in the faith chapter in Hebrews? How many of you remember the faith chapter in Hebrew? Mm-hmm. And he said, these all died in faith, not receiving the promises, right? And I always had a problem with that verse. Because Abraham received his promise, Isaac. Uh, Moses received the promise. Israel received the promise. And, they, and he talked about all these... Uh, uh, who was who the harlot from? Rahab. Rahab. She received the promise that she would be saved as a household. But the Bible talks there, very interesting. And I want you to think about it. Paul says, these all died in faith, not receiving the promises. And then verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 says, these all, none of them received the promise because they shall not be made perfect apart from you. Go back. What promise is he talking about? Jesus. They, there was a lot of promises in the Old Testament. Felt, they appeared as if those promises are meant for their immediate circumstances. But there was a fulfillment of that promise in the future in Christ Jesus that they had not received. And God was not going to let them receive Jesus without you and I receiving Jesus at the same time. Thank you, Jesus. Then you are not, no one can boast that they received Jesus ahead of time. That you are on equal pedestal with the Old Testament saints. In fact, it's only after Jesus came in Jerusalem did Moses and Elijah stood with him on Mount Tabor and saw him as glorified God. They all had to wait. Everyone was waiting for Christmas. Everyone. And maybe someday we should take this message. Everyone was waiting for Christmas. Let me, let, me, let me read out some of the people who are waiting for Christmas. Eve, in Christmas, Eve was waiting for a seed. Remember the promise? There would be a seed that will come, that will crush Satan. He, she was waiting for a Christmas. Abel was waiting for his righteousness. Because he, Abel looked at her sacrifice in faith. And God said, I'll ex- accept your sacrifice at this point of time. But the day is coming. When you will be declared righteous because a true sacrifice will be given on your behalf. And he died for the sake of his sacrifice. Didn't Abel die because of his sacrifice? But he was waiting for the return on his sacrifice. The righteousness through Christ Jesus. Lamach. Lamach. Lamach, the father of Noah, was waiting for his comforter. Remember when he named Noah comforter? The name comforter means he will comfort us because of the curse of the ground. It was not taken up even after Noah was born. Did the curse of the ground change? Didn't. But in Christ Jesus, every curse was taken away. Isaac was waiting for what? Isaac was waiting for his lamb. Remember he asked his father Abraham when he was going to be sacrificed, he said, where is the sacrifice? Because Abraham never told him that you are going to be sacrificed. He never told him. He said, we are going to sacrifice. And he asked him. He said, where is the lamb? Was his question. What happened? Did he get a lamb? No. No. What did he get? A A ram. Where was the lamb? When he came down from the mountain, Abraham saw a ram and sacrificed the ram. But the question is, where is Isaac's lamb? Isaac's lamb is John chapter 1. When John turns and says, behold, the lamb of God. He could have as well as said, behold, Isaac, your lamb is here. Isaac was waiting for his lamb for Christmas. Rachel was waiting for his Benjamin. And we'll talk about it. Rachel was waiting for Benjamin. Oh, you would not know about it if you have not studied it. 
Rachel had a problem with having babies, correct? Remember the struggle with Rachel and Leah? And Leah kept having producing babies one after the other and Rachel had to compete and she kept giving her maid servants to Jacob to have babies and so they had a lot of, so the competition between two wives created the tribes of Israel. Sometimes envy is good. <laughs> I mean, God can use even envy to his purpose. But uh, they had 12 children because of the competition between both of them. Or at least, you know, they could have had children otherwise, but, but it happened so. So finally, Rabbi, uh, Rachel has a baby. Who was the baby? Joseph. You know why Rachel gave the name Joseph to Joseph? Genesis chapter 30 verse 24. He, she gave the name Joseph to Joseph because Joseph means God will add one more. God will add more. So when she received Joseph, she is declaring and confessing by faith, Lord, this is not going to be the one, only one. I'm going to have one more. Say one more. Are you satisfied with all that you have as a believer? Lord, more. I want more. I want more. And if you will declare one more, one more is coming soon. How many of you know the story of the labor pains of Rachel? You want to go there? It is so powerful. We said Rachel was waiting for Benjamin. Look, go back. You will be stunned at the parallel of what the prophecy in the Bible. Genesis chapter 35, verses 16. Genesis chapter 35. Okay, we, we always think that the Christmas story is in the New Testament. Let me tell you the Christmas story in the Old Testament. Then they, they journeyed from Bethel, very similar. G Joseph journeying with Mary. And when they were about a little distance to go to Ephrath, guess what? What is Ephrath? What is Ephrath? Ephrath is Bethlehem. Now, now keep, keep following me. Rachel labored in childbirth and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. So the midwife is saying, Don't give up faith. Remember you said that Joseph, God will add one more? You will have this son. You will not die. The child will not die. Have faith. Do not be afraid. Look at that. Believe. Don't give up. The enemy is after her right now. And so it was, her soul was departing. Now she was dying. That she called his name what? Benoni. No. Benoni. Benoni. What does Benoni mean? Benoni means man of sorrows. Because she is in labor and she, she's giving birth. So she's naming his child as she's coming out. You shall, you shall be called Benoni, man of sorrows. So immediately, Jacob, but his father called him Benjamin. Benjamin. What does Benjamin mean? Son of my right hand. Are you seeing something? Are you seeing something? Rachel died. What are you seeing? So the one that was born to Rachel was Benoni or Benjamin? Benjamin. So what is the name of the child that Rachel had? What's that? Benoni or Benjamin? Benjamin? You know what? Both. Why? Because Jesus was going to be called a man of sorrows. But God from heaven was going to look down and say, He is the son of my right hand. So he's prophesying two births. He's saying once the first time the son of man comes, he will come as a man of sorrows. Second time, when he comes, he will come as a man of my right hand. You're telling the Christmas story is not there? Christmas story is everywhere. So Rachel was waiting for Benjamin. But she had to receive it by faith. Because she is giving birth in labor. What did Jesus say? Flesh, prophets, nothing. You declare over him what you don't see. What you don't see is that he is a man of my right hand. But you see by the flesh that he is a man of sorrows. 
but you prophesy in faith over your children that he is a son of my right hand. Flesh profits nothing. So Jesus took on the man of sorrows. How do you know that he was a man of sorrows? Go back to read the exact term. Isaiah chapter 53. He was a man of sorrows in whom nobody... He, in fact, the paintings of Jesus is too kind. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 3, he had a form that nobody cared. Didn't look, not glorious. Nobody, he grew up as a common man on the streets of Israel. In fact, they had a problem. Even after three years of ministry, of dynamic ministry, they had a problem to know who Jesus was amongst his disciples. They had to recruit Judas to help them to find out who Jesus is. He was no superstar. He was a common man. Why? Because he was a man of sorrows. Familiar with sorrows. But he was going to come as a man of the right hand of God. Abraham, Moses was waiting for his prophet. Remember Moses said that God will raise up a prophet just like me. And when the Pharisees went to uh, John, he said, Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you? He asked him three questions. Are you Elijah? Are you? No. He's asking John. Are you the uh, Elijah to come? Or are you the Messiah? Or are you the prophet? Remember? Because Moses had prophesied that there was going to be a prophet that God will raise. So Moses was waiting for his prophet. Abraham was waiting for his promise. Samson. Samson died waiting for his vindictor. He was waiting for a God who would repay, who would repay his enemies. David was waiting for his king's son. Remember God had promised him that he will have a son on whom his kingdom shall never pass. And David was waiting for his king's son. Isaiah was waiting for his redeemer. And the church was waiting for her bridegroom. In Christmas, everyone is waiting. Everyone is waiting. And we say, come Lord Jesus. And Jesus was in this world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. But people didn't know him. In fact, even John didn't know who Jesus was. In John chapter 1. Until the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. Then he knew that this was the Son of God. Everyone had to live by faith. Everyone had to receive the word of God by faith. Even John had doubt. Remember he sent disciples to Jesus when he was in prison. Are you the one to come? Because... Simeon prophesied to Mary and I don't know many of you we have not read all these prophecies but look at that he said one thing to Mary he said this man this baby will be a sign which will be spoken of and a sword will pierce even your heart and will be a discerner of the hearts of men what is he saying he's saying that even you Mary you will start doubting It will pierce you to to truly believe whether what you hold is the Son of God. And Jesus makes a demand on all of us the same way. When things get tough, do you believe? Or do you give up? Or do you name your circumstances as Benoni in your life? Or are you willing to believe the promise that God had always promised? No, 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 this is Benjamin. I see Benoni, but I believe Benjamin. Amen? My circumstances don't look great, but I believe what what God has already revealed to me. That I will not walk by flesh. I will walk by the word of God. So the, pro- the shepherds were not going to the palace for the baby. They were looking for a feeding trough. Because the word said feeding trough. So I am looking for feeding trough. I don't care. If the Messiah is not, is not expected where I my upbringing has told me. So the same piece in your life. The demand to believe has not changed brothers and sisters. Even today. Christmas does not leave an easy burden on us it continues to keep the same burden on belief you have to believe you have to believe the word of God it doesn't change it doesn't change it doesn't change and we'll quickly close but I want, I know for one people who are prophecy buffs in this place who are interested to know uh, thinks about what's going to happen soon. 
I want you to go to Micah chapter 5 verse 2 to 6. Micah chapter 5. 5 verses. Uh, okay, remember the famous Christmas prophecy in Micah? This is where it comes from. Chapter Micah chapter 5 verses 2 onwards. Can somebody uh, read that? Or I can read. Let's, let's do that because it... it, it Make it quicker. But you Bethlehem, Ephrata. There you go. Ephrata is Bethlehem. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come to me the one who is going to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and of everlasting. It's a prophecy over Jesus. Therefore, how many of you will stop at that prophecy after that? Remember this prophecy? That you Bethlehem, out of you shall go forth a ruler who is of old and we all stop there right but the prophecy continues and that is where if you are interested in prophecy it comes here look at it you are there okay therefore he shall give them up he shall give them up who he gives who up keep reading until the time that she who is in labor has given birth then the remnant of his brother friend, shall return to the children of Israel and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. Wow. I want you to think, if you have a prophecy into prophecy and you want to know what's going to happen, this is a powerful prophecy. The prophecy was Jesus was going to be born in Jerusalem. But it immediately follows and says that God is going to give up on Israel for a time. Until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of a brethren shall return to the children of Israel. I don't know whether you understand all that I am saying but. God has given up Israel for a season. Until the labor pains start back up again. Until the labor pains start back up again. I want you to go to uh, Isaiah chapter. 20, uh, Isaiah, okay. If you, if you stay there, in Micah chapter this, in uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 5, and this one shall be peace, and he says, when the Assyrian comes into our land, and when he treads in our palaces, when he, we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight men, and shall lay waste the sword, the land of Assyria, and the land of Nimrod, and he, he is in capital. That means this Messiah who is going to be born in Bethlehem is going to deliver us from the Assyrian. What's the word Assyrian? If you are into prophecy about the last times, let me suggest you, and we don't have time because the kids are coming. The Antichrist, the Assyrian is a type of the Antichrist that is going to come back into Israel. And the Bible says that in the same prophecy, that prophesied that Jesus is going to come. He's prophesying that God is going to give up Israel for a season until the labor pains start up again and the Messiah has come. Now remember the labor pains. Go to Revelation chapter 2, 12 verses 1 to 6. You know the labor pains there. Revelation chapter 12 verses 1 to 6. Revelation chapter 12 verses 1 to 6. Remember a great sign appeared in heaven. Now remember the Christmas story is in the Old Testament. The Christmas story is here in the future. So there are three Christmas stories. One in the past. Two already passed for us. But we are going to see one more Christmas story that is going to play out very soon before our eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a Christmas story that is being played out right now in the Middle East. If you have time, you can come and consult. We can have a different session and we can break it down. The Christmas story is happening. What is a Christmas story? This is the Christmas story. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon and the feet and, and on her head and a garland of 12 stars. Which woman is this? Israel. Remember the prophecy in Micah. He will give them up until the labor pains start. When Israel will come in labor pains. Israel is now going to start labor pains very soon. The euro is, is on a collapse. The euro which is now has 27 countries is now going to collapse to the final 10 that 
Revelation prophesies about 10 strong countries. The labor pains are starting between your very eyes. 2012 is going to be the sign of the first labor pains. And you all have to watch. Because if Simeon was happy with a baby and he believed, God is not going to make a lesser demand of you to believe. The prophecies that are going to come to pass. Are you all ready to hear a little bit more? Amen. In Revelation. And he says, And a great sign appeared in heaven, the great dragon. The Antichrist is going to appear on the scene very soon. Remember the Assyrian that Micah has prophesied? It's going to happen. So now you know the lineage of the Antichrist. Watch for the lineage of the Antichrist. He's going to come out from the bloodline of the Assyrian side. We don't know how, but it's going to. There's prophecy. I'll give you one more powerful passage in Isaiah chapter 10, which will blow your mind of the prophecy of the Antichrist. Okay. And his... And then verse 5, she bore a male child who will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Who is this? Jesus. And this child will be caught up to God on his throne. For the first child was not caught up to God on his throne. The first child was born in a feeding trough. But the second child, remember Benoni and Benjamin? The first child came as Benoni, but the second child is going to come as Benjamin. This child will be caught up to God and his throne because the next time when Jesus comes, the labor pain stands and Jesus has been revealed, he's going to be revealed as ruling at the right hand of God. He's coming. And this lady, uh, this woman fled into the wilderness and this is talking about the battle and war broke out. This is that. How many of you want to hear Isaiah chapter 10? You've never seen this prophecy. I'll tell you. I don't know how many of you have seen this. Isaiah chapter 10. Go back to Isaiah chapter 10. Remember the remnant that Paul talks about in Romans Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10. Okay. Verse 20. It's Isaiah chapter 10. You won't write it down because you're a, you're a generation who's living in the last days. You all need to know what's going on. Isaiah chapter 10. It shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel, just like Micah said, as such who have escaped the house of Jacob, will never again depend on him who defeated them. Looks like Israel is going to depend on a man who, who will give them promises to secure their prosperity. And suddenly, this man, this Antichrist is going to turn against Israel and will depend on, on the Lord and the Holy One of Israel. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. For though your people, O Israel, be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of will will return. For the Lord. And then he says in verse 24. Oh my God. Who, oh my people who dwell in Zion. Do not be afraid of the Assyrian. He will strike you with a rod. And lift his staff against you in the manner of Egypt. But yet for a little while. And the indignation will cease. And the anger in my destruction. For the Lord of hosts will destroy him. Now you want, And you want to go back and read. Verse Isaiah chapter 10 verse 12. It says. It shall come into pass when the Lord has performed all his work on Mount Zion and on Jerusalem. And he will say, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his haughty looks. God has never done a battle on Mount Zion in Jerusalem ever. Never. It is in the future when the Antichrist steps and comes and he says, I am going to finish your good work. And he says, and he prophesies, he says, I am against the haughty looks of the king of Assyria. Daniel tells in Daniel chapter that Antichrist will be a man of fierce features and haughty and pride. And God says next time when he comes, Israel is going to have a time of trouble. The same prophecy that prophesied that Jesus is going to come up in in Bethlehem also prophesies that God is going to give up for Israel for a short time. But Isaiah 10 encourages Israel says, do not be afraid of this Antichrist and his power. Because for a short time he will oppress you, but you will be saved. I, I know I don't have to put so much of a prophecy as part of a Christmas message. But I, it doesn't do justice to tell you about two Christmas stories, but not tell you the Christmas story that is yet to be fulfilled. There is a labor pain that is coming, brothers and sisters. And we have less time. When it comes, it will come suddenly. You won't have time to overcome. But the Bible is very clear. God has given up Israel for a time. As Romans says, 
because for our sake Gentiles. But the time of the Gentiles is coming to a close. The iPad has been invented for one purpose, to spread the gospel easily. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, air travel is invented for one purpose, so that the gospel shall reach the end of the world. Satellite TV is for one purpose, because for the gospel. The gospel is finishing its work among the Gentiles. The clock is going to shift back to Israel when God promised, I shall give them up for a little while, but then I'm going to turn. Are you all ready? Are you all ready? Are you all ready? The clock is ticking. There is a Christmas story that is going to happen very soon. 2012 is going to be signs of labor pains. It's going to start. But you all are going to be encouraged because you have experienced Christmas, correct? And you have to have faith. When Jesus says, when I come, will I find faith on the world? You have to have faith. Because the demand from faith from the shepherds, from Zechariah, from Rachel, from Moses, from Simeon, from Anna, was no less of the demand of faith from, Elizabeth, from Mary and Joseph. Everyone had to walk in faith to cause the first Christmas story to happen. And so for you and I. So don't get discouraged with all your troubles. Oh, you have family troubles. You have financial troubles. Have faith in God. What He's promised to you will come to pass. And I want to close with one. And I don't want to do this. It's a little bit... If you take it as encouraging, it's encouraging. It's not a rebuke. Okay? It's not a rebuke. I want you to go to Revelation chapter... Revelation chapter 3 verses 2. He's talking to the church in Sardis. It's a rebuke to the church in Sardis, but we can learn a lot from it. And we'll close with this. Revelation chapter 2, uh, 3. And these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. And this is the word that God specifically told me to tell to myself and to all of us. He's not saying that we are not alive, but he's telling something. He's saying many of y'all, uh, I'm being very open. Many of y'all, have God has promised you things and you have got weary. You have got tired, right? Because those things have not happened. God says, don't get tired. The prophecies of God are going to happen in your life. The things that God has promised in your life will happen. Don't get weary. Don't give up. And he's not saying that you're not, you're dead. No, you're alive. But he says one thing. This is the verse for the life team. He says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. What are ready to die in your life? Are you ready to give up on your family? Are you ready to give up on your job? Are you ready to give up on your friends? Are you ready to give up on your church? Are you ready to give up on your circumstances? Are you ready to give up? Don't give up on the things that remain which are holding, standing on because of the word of God in your life. Don't give up. Hold on. The Lord says, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain for the which are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. What works is Jesus expecting from us? The works of faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Strengthen the promises that remain. How many of you are ready to say, Yes, Lord, I'm going to repent. I'm going to say, Lord, what you have promised, I'm not going to doubt again. Say, Yes, Amen. Amen. I'm not going to give up. I, in my case, I was telling Minudia this week, man, I was like so low. Stuff in my office in terms of, you know, challenges and stuff like that, you know. And the enemy is like discouraging, you know, like, no, this is this, this is this, the world is against you, and you know, stuff like that. Just bring stuff, you know. Imaginary thoughts, you know, imaginary, until you start confessing it and believing it, you know. Confessing it and believing it, oh man. I have to tell you one more thing before I close.
Okay, Hebrews chapter 11, and you go back and read Hebrews chapter 11. He says, how did the people of old of faith, how did they handle the promises? This is the words. There are four verses. You don't have to turn there. This, having seen, assured, embraced, and confessed the promises, they did not receive the promise of Jesus. So their response to faith was, they saw, they were assured, they embraced it, and they confessed it. So do it in your life. This year, this year, I'm telling you, Jesus, now this is a word to this life team. There are prophecies that God has spoken to you. There's promises in your, in your life. God is saying strengthen it. Don't let it die. Paul said to Timothy in chapter 1. He said, the prophecies that have been laid on you. Have, that have come to you by the laying off of hands. Wage warfare with it. Say warfare. warfare. When the enemy is going to come this year against you. Or has already coming against you. Against the promises that God has promised you say, Lord, you have prophesied over me and you have spoken to me. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to wage warfare. Say wage warfare with the prophecies. With the promise. With the promise. Wage warfare, brothers and sisters. It's an exciting time to live because God is going to do great things. I'm telling you, and God prophesied to us. Some of us are saying that this Christmas is going to be great. The angel Gabriel told Zechariah, he says, I came from the presence of God to bring you glad tidings, but you did not believe. The word of God says to this life team, I have come to tell you good news about your life. So be encouraged and believe it. Say, I believe. I believe, believe, O Lord, your good works. I believe your good promises. I believe every good thing that you have for me. I believe every good thing that you have upon my children. I believe it, Lord, because flesh prophets Nothing. It's words that give life. Amen? And you will see. I'm telling you, I decree, I prophesy upon you all as a family and upon your children. Marsha? Marsha won't come. Let's pray. I think God is going to come. I think God, it's a call of repentance. Repentance not from evil. Repentance from unbelief. You're giving up on your prophecies. You're giving up on things that God has already promised. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the enemy is after you not because of your sake, but because of the promise that God has spoken in your life. The enemy is against your promise that you have in your life. So is he against your children's health? No, no, no. He's against the promise of health that God has already promised over you. So he's trying to shake it. He's trying to shake it. But don't let it be shaken. You prophesy Benjamin over your children. Amen? Amen. Your children are Benjamin. Amen? Your children are Benjamin. My jobs is Benjamin. My spouse is Benjamin. My life is going to be Benjamin because Benjamin means my son on my right hand. I have seated with Jesus at the right hand of God. And therefore, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. And Father, Lord, I pray right now the Holy Spirit has been sent to take of what is Christ and bring it to us. Therefore, I pray, O Jesus. Lord, let your Holy Spirit give a revelation on who these children are in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. We're going to sing this song. And as we sing, I want you to remember every prophecy that God has spoken over you. Every promise that He's promised over you. Say yes, Lord, to that promise. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us have that. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord is standing in front of you. Lord is standing in front of you. Lord is standing in front of you. You have great hunger for ministry. And you said, How is it possible with the time that I have? Lord says, But confess yes to me. And I will open doors for ministry. Say yes to me, says the Lord. Yes to me. 2000.
10, 12 will be year of ministry, says the Lord, Rajat, for you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Let us sing that song.